You want to talk about some other people who were considered for this role? Oh God, who else? Tell me. Prince, for starters. What? Yes! Our Prince. De- our dearly departed Prince. I mean, I guess he could have done it. I mean, I believe he absolutely could. I don't know if it would have necessarily been an improvement, but I think it would have been his own style and his own flavor. Mick Jagger. That would have been hot. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Pardon me. You like? You think Mick Jagger's hot? Back in the day. I guess back in the day. Not like today. You mean now he? Mick Jagger. He looks like a piece of beef jerky. He's a yeah yeah. But he's enjoying life, so I'm he, glad. He's basically a hide. <laughs> God love him. <laughs> and Michael Jackson. Ooh, dodged a bullet I d- You know, I could have absolutely seen that, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that it it's not so. Yeah. Because this movie is already so nopey. <laughs> this movie had a budget of $25 million with a $12 million profit in the U.S., I couldn't find stats for the UK, which is where it premiered. Yeah, because you're looking at the same Wikipedia article that I'm looking at, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, no. Um, but but you know who was at the UK premiere? Is it His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales? Yes! <laughs> what a weird... Prince Chuck? <laughs> I can't imagine that the royals, especially in those days, got out to movies very often, and it just blows my mind that of the scant occurrences that they would go to Labyrinth. Yeah, I don't think the royal family likes actors that much. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Oh my god! I knew I'd pepper it in somehow. (laughs) Poor Meghan Markle. This is not all her fault. It's not. I knew what you were signing up for, Meghan. Alright. all I'm saying. Put a cork in it. We're not talking about the royal family. You get Ross started on the royal family, he'll talk until he loses consciousness. You want to hear about some other people that were considered for her role? Sure. I I thought it was a very eclectic list. Okay. Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Our queen, Marissa Tomei. In what fucking way? I don't know. I mean, this was 1986, so she would have been five years younger than she was in My Cousin Vinny, I think. She would have been 22. Mm-hmm. Laura Dern, who I just saw in Little Women, which was fabulous. Laura Dern, I don't know a lot of main Laura Dern films. Things I like Laura Dern in are the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio. Is she in that movie? She is. She plays um, Dorothy Schaefer, who is one of the late... She Because, you know, Julianne Moore's character lives in Ohio, uh-huh. but That's Laura right. Dern's character lives in Indiana. That's right. And she's another, you know, contest. She's a prize... Prize winner. She's a pri- she's the prize winner of I, Goshen, Indiana. I almost said prize fighter. She's a prize fighter. That would have been a very different movie. I like Laura Dern from that, and Laura Dern's best work, in my opinion, is playing Suzanne, the woman who Ellen's character on Ellen comes out to. That's right, yes. in the puppy episode. In the puppy episode, yes. Who else? Anybody else? Oh, this one was my favorite, and probably the only other person I would have liked to see play this role. Ali Sheedy. Yes. Why wasn't it Ali Sheedy? Of Breakfast Club fame. I would have much rather it been Ali Sheedy. I think that Jennifer Connelly's age was probably good for the role. Okay. It's a movie called A Beautiful Mind. Wait, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yes. The one where he's a super genius. 
and that guy from the Da Vinci Code is the guy that he's hallucinating. She Sorry. plays a physicist. That's right. And she won the Academy Award for it for Best Supporter. Really? Yeah. I mean, The Beautiful Mind's an okay movie. I just, I barely remember her in that movie. She plays Noah's wife in Noah. Wasn't Russell Crowe also the star of Noah? Well, Tits McGee, it sure is. <laughs> Don't you listen to me. You in no way can use these fake walls as support for anything. You'll rip the whole thing down. No, this wall is real. <laughs> but the wall behind you and the wall behind me are in no way real. And then she just starts crying. She's feeling some typical feelings of a teenager who's in a newly blended family and there's a new baby. I thought you were gonna stay new body. No. <laughs> I was like, no, no. This is not that show. <laughs> okay. It's my favorite episode of The Simpsons where Martin, you know, you know Martin, he's that student. When you were talking just now and imitating Martin Prince, I just kind of realized Martin and Missy from Big Mouth sound incredibly alike. They do. Because you sounded a lot like Missy just then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> copper mines were actually functional until late Bronze Age. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think it's comforting to think that the Labyrinth Universe, Neverending Story Universe, and Dark Crystal Universe are all on Thrall. I feel like those three movies are like the holy trinity of 80s fantasy adventure films. Absolutely. Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and The Neverending Story. Anyway. She storms up to her room. She's in full bratty teenager mode. Because, you know, the age difference between her and her brother never made sense to me. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course, I understand that it's for the plot, but I was like, really? She's 16? He's an infant? <laughs> it's like that time we were watching that insurance commercial with Dad. That's not what we were doing. We were watching a movie with Dad, and that insurance commercial came on, and it was this aging actor, and he was like, I have three kids, 18, 16, and three. And dad just went, whoops. What? <laughs> Wonder what causes that. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and is this where she's gotten clever? Oh, with the lipstick? Yeah. She's marking her trail with a tube of lipstick that she had in her pocket. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really matter because every time she marks a square, these these tiny people, like an inch and a half tall. They look like little monkeys. They do. Yeah. They're just moving the tiles so that the arrows that she's marking point different ways. And like they're they're yelling like very fast and in a very high pitch. And it don't it sounds like, you know, like maybe some low maybe some Calabrians being upset at their mother, you know. And I watched the subtitles, so there was one line that we could make out. Yes. <laughs> Your mother looks like an art. Your mother looks like a freaking art. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the depictions of goblins in fiction. Okay, I. You have the floor. I don't like the way that goblins are sometimes portrayed in fantasy projects. Hear me out. Okay. I okay. Think maybe it's me. It might be. But go ahead anyway. I think there's some anti-Semitism that goes along ah. with depictions of goblins as characters. Goblins are usually portrayed as 
hoarding all of the wealth mm-hmm. and manipulating information and very big noses and mm. going back on their word. Oh, I'm kind of starting to see it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh. What does Grip Hook do to Harry in the pits of Gringotts and Deathly Hollows? He betrays him. He betrays him and takes the money. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Okay, I see it. I don't know if it's necessarily the case here, but I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, that's always what it is, you know, and... Because the way that Sarah gets Hoggle to help her is she offers to give him... Her plastic jewelry-looking thing that yeah, she's wearing. but it's shiny, so he considers it valuable. And to those of you who think that's far-fetched, I get it, but... I like shiny things. You've seen it. I, I, you see it in multiple places. Do you have any idea how much plastic costume jewelry I have? Probably a lot. Also, Hoggle's like, if anyone's going to get in trouble, it should be Michelle. <laughs> did you see Kayla's tweet? Yes, out? I did. Kayla, I'm glad you like Dairy Girls. Sada is Michelle. Sada is Michelle. You are Claire. Thank you. And I am unfortunately Aaron. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Kayla's like, I am Orla, at least in spirit. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, we cut to this wide shot of them moving through this hedge maze, right? Mm-hmm. And I only want to talk about this because this is one of the biggest laughs I ever got while watching a movie with someone. When Charlie and I were in college, Charlie would come up to our room all the time to watch movies with us. Charlie had never seen Labyrinth before. And on one side of the screen, it's Jennifer Connelly and Hoggle. And then unseen by them, there's this other thing, like just hobbling through the maze. Charlie was in the middle of a sentence. Charlie went, and you know, this really doesn't make sense. What is that thing? (laughs) Laugh for 10 minutes about that. (laughs) I drew a cartoon of it. I laughed so hard. That's funny. Real quick, tell me what your first impression of Sir Didymus was when you saw him on screen again. Didymus sounds like Gavin. You think so? I thought it was Gavin talking when Didymus started to talk. I thought it was Gavin doing a voice. I love it. It was great. (coughs) For those of you who are first-time listeners and don't know, Gavin is our, what now? What do you call him? Super hot production assistant. Super hot production assistant. I don't think he's super hot, (laughs) because he's like my brother-in-law, but you know. Um, he's, 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 he's pretty cute. He's a keyboard elf. Sorry, Gav. Because <laughs> I know you'll be cutting things. <laughs> and you know, during this whole sequence, I was like, I kind of just wish Rockbiter would come out of nowhere. Right? Or a Nebri would rise out of the, out of the muck. You, I mean, the way, it all, I mean, they're all very different looking universes, but at the same time. They have the same feel. Yeah, weird stuff is happening at every turn, and, and you never know what you're going to see. <laughs> um, I was like, Ludo's a Navi. He can, can just control the planet. <laughs> and, or more apt, like you said, he's an earthbender. <laughs> um, see, now I'm writing fanfic in my head where... <sighs> Sarah Wright and Bastion Bucks grow up and get married. Uh-huh. And then go on more adventures together. Uh-huh. Maybe Toby comes with. Aw, that would be great! Maybe, you know. Gavin kept pointing Gavin kept pointing out that they kind of had to do some fancy footwork with uh, Didymus and the sheepdog puppet. Because it changes. In scenes, in shots where Didymus is talking and speaking, 
It's a dog. It's a Didymus dog puppet. The dog is also a puppet. There, you're telling me there is a separate solo Didymus puppet. Yeah, that's just him on the sheepdog. <laughs> that's great. And in scenes where he's animated, it's the it's the sheepdog puppet. But in scenes where Didymus isn't moving and talking, you can tell it's just a dog. And then the Didymus puppet is mm-hmm. wobbling back and forth on his back, completely unmanned. Mm-hmm. And this, and in this scene, Merlin, or sorry, in this scene, Ambrosius sees the giant metal man, and he's like, "Nope." So it goes from it goes from Ambrosius' scared face in the shot. He ducks out of the shot, and then the real dog squirms into the background mm-hmm. like it's like when jen went into the bush as a puppet and, and then a person came out the other side of the bush exactly yes <laughs> there were some parts of this movie where gavin looked at me and went this is the best anime i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> you ready to hear my pun you're gonna fire me for i'm ready they won this goblin battle through the power of rock and roll. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> your face! Your face! You gotta say something. I think this one's just too much. Uh-huh. Is that it? I don't think you're gonna get severance with this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being ejected. It's just too despicable. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone get security, have her escorted off the premises. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. And my first question is always, why? It's, yeah, it's kind of like Harry going to face Voldemort alone at the end of Sorcerer's Stone. This is what you have written down. Yeah, that's what I have written down. Wow. God, it would be nice to have a private thought every once in a while. Why do we even speak? I don't know. I don't know. God. One of the things that was in Sarah's room at the beginning is Crazy Stairs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The M.C. Escher painting of all of the different staircases that are winding and twisting together. You could say she's trying to find... A relative? Oh, because perspective. It's called relativity. Gross. MC Escher's relativity. <laughs> you can fire me for that. If uh, you okay, want. yeah, now you're fired. Okay. There's nobody left to We're do the podcast. We're both fired. <laughs> this Coca Cola can can do the rest of the podcast. A very attractive offer to a 16 year old girl. Kind of like the devil. Yeah, or yeah, it's, it's temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have the spherical object. The crystal that's representing all of the temptation, kind of like the apple. Put in the this bo- right in my ass. Stop that, Allie. You'll get that. <laughs> no, say it again. You put this right in my ass. <laughs> Hold holds up the crystal. Put this right in my ass. Is that a joke for Allie? Tim and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> put this right in my ass. This reminds me of like. A Wizard of Oz situation. Yeah. We're like, that's all you had to say? <laughs> Click your heels together three times. Click my heels? <laughs> we why almost died. Why didn't you tell her before? Because she wouldn't have believed me. Are you kidding Are me? Are you out of your fucking mind? You came down in a bubble. I would have believed anything you said. <laughs> it's the same way in Never Ending Story. He just has to say his mom's name. He has to. He has to give the princess. Well, a he name. has to give the empress a name. He gives him. His, he gives her his mother's name. Yeah. But, like, really? <laughs> Is that, that it? I mean, 
you're right. That's a common theme mm-hmm. in childhood fantasy adventure stories. The answer ends up being so simple. You like, have no power over me. All I'm saying is there are so many more regal birds that he could have transformed into. Why an owl? Why is it a barn owl? <laughs> I like it. I mean, there are better birds. Oh my god. That's all I'm saying. Why are you hating on the barn owls? They did nothing to you. Bowie's not a barn owl, I'm sorry. He's a peacock. He also might be, you know, just an alien. While we're talking about peacocks and David Bowie, uh-huh. let's talk about sexual dimorphism. Okay. So, like, if you don't know what sexual dimorphism is, I do, because I work in veterinary medicine, because I'm very knowledgeable about such things. All right. Not. I'm really not. Um, so why are you about to tell us about it? Well, sexual dimorphism, it literally just means, you know, in a certain species, there is a physical difference between the two sexes. Like how male peacocks are super flamboyant looking and peahens are brown and... It, that's usually how it is uh-huh. for most species. The, the males... males are so much more colorful and recognizable like because it's an indicator that they might make a good mate right yes you think of a mallard a female mallard is brown Mm -hmm. and speckled Mm -hmm. and a male mallard has these beautiful white striped wings with this purple lining their head is green Mm -hmm. you know peacocks of course they have the huge fucking tail you know a a, a, a peahen is literally a small little brown bird, but she does have little, you know, stems coming out of her head, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, cardinals. The males are red, the females are brown. Oh, I guess I didn't know that about cardinals If you've ever seen a brown cardinal, it's a female. I don't know if I would know a brown cardinal if I saw one. Exactly, right? (laughs) Yeah, I would think it was just any other bird. And, but you know, sexual dimorphism does not come into play when Bowie's involved. (laughs) Yeah. Our favorite, our favorite non-binary alien. There's a star man! Um, let's all just be sure we take, I know that this isn't the official date because you will be listening to this well after we've recorded this, but I mean, just remember... In your thoughts, wish Betty White a happy 98th birthday. Absolutely! Um, out of anyone alive, any any living actor today, she has been working the longest. She is the first lady of television. She was, of anyone alive today, she's been on television the longest. We gotta do a Betty White special we episode. We really do. She's been on television since 1947. That's crazy. That's 72, 73, going on 73 years. And she's still cracking like she's our age. I know. It's amazing. One of the things that really brought Betty White back into the national, I don't know. Lexicon. Yeah, was her SNL appearance. Oh. Because like literally they were just like, why don't we get Betty White? And everybody was like, what? And she came on and she killed it. She absolutely slaughtered it. There hasn't been a cherry in my muffin since 1939. Yeah, whatever she says. The thing that I'm really known for is my muffin. (laughs) Mm, I can't wait to taste your muffin. Please stop. Oh, God. It's got a bit of a tangy taste in it. Is that a cherry? 
Oh, there hasn't been a cherry in my muffin since 1939. Oh, gross. My big dusty muffin. Please stop. Wow, our phone lines are really lighting up. I'll give you a $5 bill if you stop. Okay. <laughs> Shit.